If some of y'all may remember the tornado we had a few years ago, just outside of town. And I remember just outside the front door and seeing this gray wall cloud just and I was in awe. I, I kind of zoned out a little bit until I heard my mother tell Breely and I to just go ahead and head down to the cellar, but I didn't want to. So I argued and bickered a little bit, and then I it just wasn't the time have you ever seen a tornado before? Whether it's in pictures, on TV, YouTube, there's a lot going on. It's dangerous with all the debris going around, and it's also distracting seeing things you can't normally lift, like cows, school buses, farm equipment. It's likely very windy with lots of rain and hail. The same is true spiritually. The safest place for us to be is Christ. But life is dangerous and distracting, and Satan is hurling his darts and debris, and he distracts us with the temptations, lust, and make, makes us covet things that aren't ours to have. The title of this lesson is Spiritual Blessings. Thankfully, we have great spiritual blessings inside Christ. What are some of these blessings you could think of? Although there are many things that, I can, be, that can be counted as spiritual blessings, I chose five that stood out to me the most. We'll read James 1 and 17, and I meant to put the Spanish version on the bottom, and I apologize for that. But James 1 and 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. If you want to obtain any good or perfect gift, it can only come from God. So keep that in mind as we study how important it is to keep our focus and our allegiance with God. The first spiritual blessing I chose is peace. We have peace in the midst of uncertainty. In John 16 and 33, it says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Like it says, in this world we will have tribulation. But because of Jesus, it says in him we have peace through all the world's troubles. In Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Have you ever wanted something from someone but too afraid to ask? Like if someone offered you a drink today. I can remember times where they were like, hey Logan, would you like a cup of water? And in my head I'm like, yes. But my mouth says, no thank you. We say no when we really want that drink. And God's asking you what you want. And he will give it to you is ask. We have peace with God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, 
but are now a people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have mercy. How great is it to know that we were once lost in sin, but now are redeemed because of Jesus dying for us. That brings me some peace. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18, it says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Paul is, continues to describe how a saving faith in Christ changes our spiritual status. Jesus does not simply give peace. He is peace. It is because of who he is and what he has done on the cross through his blood that we can be at peace with God. The second spiritual blessing I chose is prayer. Sometimes we pray for strength. In James chapter 5, 13 through 15, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Here's some normal things we pray for on an everyday basis. We pray for our sins. We pray for people who are sick and in need. We pray for people who've lost loved ones. It's a great spiritual blessing to have. But let's look at other things we should pray for as well. And something I've never thought of praying for is boldness. In Ephesians 6, 19 through 20, it says, And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Here Paul requested prayer for boldness. Boldness is something we may not think about praying often. We pray and give thanks to our meals, people who are sick and traveling. Those are good things to pray for and biblical things, but we need to pray for boldness too to help people gain a spiritual blessing and find Christ. When you're in a shelter during a tornado, it's time when we pray. We're going to be praying for strength and also comfort. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. A lot of people in this world lack comfort, and there's a lot of people who are in need of comfort. And what better way than to go to the God of all comfort? In 1 Peter 5, 5-8, it says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another, and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 
casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. God gives us a warning about humility and how we need to be humble. A lot of things make us prideful. And if you look at the verses we just read, it talks about everything that ba- that's bad. And Satan is always attacking us constantly. Doesn't that make you want comfort? And we can give those comforts to God. In Matthew 6 and 8, it says, Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. This is self-explanatory. God already knows what we need. What are you waiting on to go to Him? The third spiritual blessing I chose is joy. Peace and joy are similar, but they're also different. And I want to talk about joy separately. I will talk about the joy of Paul. In Philippians 4.4 it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And also Acts 16 and 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. As Christians, we need to be joyful people. It doesn't mean we're sad or dealing with depression. Look at Paul in Acts here. He's sitting in prison. He's probably not happy, but he had joy because of God and that God was still his God. That's what joy is. We confuse happiness and joy. In tough times, we need to know that God is still our God. In Romans 8 and 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul's perspective is that our present sufferings are not even worth the comparison with the glories that will be revealed in us. And that should bring us joy. Now we'll talk about the joy of the disciples. In in John 16 and 22, Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. Jesus is comforting the disciples with a reminder that they will see him again. And we will too. Over time, their faith in the risen Christ will be by joy. The fourth spiritual blessing I chose, patience. Patience is a great blessing because of what it represents, what we are patient for. And this is vital to a Christian. Patience is persistence. In Proverbs 24 and 10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. What fun is it to wait on a bad reward? If we lose adversity, we are weak, and patience is strength. In Revelation 2 and 10, it says, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Christians in Smyrna were undergoing persecution when these words were written. And Jesus predicted more persecution, but told the the believers not to fear. He promised a crown of life to them if they remained loyal to him. Nobody wants to be patient waiting on an eternity in hell. But the crown of life, 
That's a blessing to be patient for. The last spiritual blessing I chose is salvation, and probably the most important. In 2 Timothy 2 and 10, it says, Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Paul here is willing to endure whatever he has for the sake of saving souls. And the elect referred to those who were believers or would become believers. Salvation is made possible through the cross. In John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus noted that Christians have no right to avoid these things Christ was willing to do for others. The ultimate act of love, of course, is willingly to offer one's life. For Christ to make such an offer to sinful people is indescribably merciful. In Romans 5, 6-8, it says, For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus had such a great love. He died for those he considered his friends, and even those he didn't, the ungodly. He also died for you and me. Think about how great a spiritual blessing salvation is. Jesus was doing it for his friends and also his enemies. This is without a doubt the greatest blessing. Without salvation, what do we need patience for? How can we be joyful? How could we even pray to God? How would there be peace? We need to get salvation right before the others. And I think it's important to know the steps of salvation. We must hear the word. We must believe Jesus is the Son of God. We must repent of our must confess our faith, and we must be baptized unto Christ. Salvation is the way into Christ. In Galatians 3 and 27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Paul means here that Christians are baptized in the Holy Spirit when we trust in Christ for our salvation. It is the moment when God's Spirit comes to live with us and in us. In Romans 6, 3 and 4, it says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. When a person trusts in Christ for salvation, that person is baptized in the Holy Spirit into Christ's death. We die with him. This death somehow breaks sin's rule over us and frees us from our need to obey our sinful desires. Those urges don't entirely vanish, however. In conclusion, there are no spiritual blessings outside of Christ. And in Christ, we have great peace, prayer, joy, patience, and salvation. In Ephesians 6, Verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places.
This verse shows that while there are spiritual blessings that we are thankful to have through Jesus, that should remind us that the battle we fight daily is just that, spiritual. What will it be? Will you submit to God and accept his spiritual blessings or bow down to spiritual wickedness? I'm going back to the tornado scene where I was talking about not listening to mom and wanting to see the tornado. I should have just stayed quiet right there and just went down to the cellar like I was told. But life is like being inside a tornado. There are temptations, there's debris, there's a lot of distractions. It's loud, it can damage you, and it's an attention seeker. Who is staring face to face with a tornado today? Let me tell you, you could use some peace. In a tornado, you're going to be praying. You're going to want a more joyful time. You probably want some patience or you'll lose it. You want your life to be spared. And life can be like living in a spiritual tornado. And Christ is our spiritual seller. Imagine a world without these blessings. A world without the spiritual seller that God is to every one of us. It's a scary thought. 